Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. It's time for Home Halloween Horror <laughs> Hoedown on no, Hauntedness. No, no, that's not, no. That's not the order? Welcome, everybody, to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown 2021, the year that we let fate's twisted claws grip us in its grasp and twist us about like the wind. <laughs> that, was, that, was that was spooky. So dramatic. Yeah. Because <laughs> what we're doing this year is over the past few years, Every time I hear about a movie that I think we should cover, I put it in a list. And that list has been growing and growing and growing because when it comes time to pick a movie, usually I don't pick stuff off that list. I say, ooh, this sounds cool, and do that. And so that list just keeps growing. So what we've done is we've taken that list, put it up in a spreadsheet with random numbers next to it, and randomized it. So we are going to watch... 30 mo- 31 movies without any choice about what we're watching. We get what we get. The spreadsheet tells us, which I am already frustrated by because I have in the last week, like learned about or heard about like two or three movies that I didn't know about before that now I'm like, oh, right. we should you do that one. And you're like, the spreadsheet says no. Exactly. We are trapped we're trapped and it's what makes it a horror movie so we're here to talk about our first movie movies first movies we're making it interesting this year because the first movie in our list was entitled the blob and when you hear that title you think oh i've seen that movie but have you or have you because there are two such movies 1958 and 1988 so to solve this dilemma We watched both of them. Yes. And it turns out I have not and have not watched either (laughs) of them. Yeah. It actually turns out for me that I'm not sure that I have either, which is weird. That's something I wanted to get into is when we watched the 88 movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be that thing I remember. And it's not. Anybody out there can tell me there was a movie about the blob. I'm sure of it. Maybe it was a TV movie where the blob was... Very uniformly goo, like it was in the 1958 movie. Yeah. But it was like pouring down the street and like, you know, people were running and it was just, it was huge and it took up, it was huge, like rolling down the whole street. And that was not this, it was not the 1988 movie, which had a very like a veiny, alien-y blob. It kept like reaching out tentacles. And yeah. Stuff. And yeah. the and the 58 movie has a very strawberry jam blob. The one I'm thinking of is much more pink, just... Like something you'd pour out of a, like a Nickelodeon plastic uh-huh, cap and uh-huh. enjoy. What movie was that? Or did it exist? Maybe it was a dream that you had. Maybe. So I want to acknowledge the fact that Libby is 
has chosen this moment to become more active than she has been in her entire cat life. Yes, Libby is our little white kitty. She is suddenly running around the room, frantically attacking every speck on the carpet and every other thing that she can get her hands on. Well, yeah, here in year two of quarantine, it's probably the first time she's heard human voices happening. So she's kind of excited. (laughs) Yes, we haven't said a word to each other in the last 12 months. (laughs) At least. I mean, yeah, since the last podcast, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, if uh, we may end up having some odd sounds. The uh, microphone may end up crashing to the ground as she leaps through it. In, yeah, she keeps with, doing you know, that. Circus style. And, and she is distracting me somewhat, but it's all good. Yeah. I mean, this is hour seven of our podcast, and it's time we started talking about these movies. Yes. Okay, so The Blob is one of those classic movies, like... It's it's one of those movies people talk about when they talk about horror movies, right? Yeah, I think especially it's pretty early well known. on. So that's interesting. It's an interesting way to start. Oh, look, I'm already using the word interesting. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, as you say, this is from 1958. It was like just everybody should know <laughs> that's actually the sound of a cat zooming around the back of the chair. <laughs> This is an impossible podcast. It's probably our best episode ever. Uh, in 1958, the middle of monster movie mayhem. And I feel like The Blob is almost kind of... It is definitely one of those sci-fi monster movies where the scientists come in and solve things. Except barely. They like get on the phone at one point at the end and solve it. But it kind of swings towards horror. Like personal horror jason is hunting you down the second movie the second blob way more so but even then the first one it's kind of more not as the big sci-fi monster it's kind of horror you know being hunted by something kind of thing yeah because this in both of them now the 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 origins of the blob were different in these two movies which i liked i i appreciated Mm -hmm. that kind of well, they, yeah. Um, addition in the it's, it's 1985. It's they were or concerned about at the time they made the movies. Yes, yes. It definitely, sh- yeah, was a was like a peek into the era. But in both cases, the blob itself, well, like you were saying, was singularly attacking individuals one yeah. after another rather than like trying to devour the entire town rather than being the movie that i had in my head yes about flowing down the street yeah um there was the part in both movies where it pours out of the uh projection booth into the movie that was which cool. is fun for the movie going audience of course yes i i feel like had i watched either of these in a theater that would have been a moment where i definitely would have had to turn around <laughs> yeah. to look and just just to make sure yeah, just, to make, just sure. to make sure. But that, okay, that brings to mind, in the 88 movie, I was watching the kids watching the movie in that scene. And, like, they do this thing in movies. They do it in every movie where people are watching a movie and they're so enraptured and interested. And they're like, ooh, what's going to happen? And I feel like that's because it's movie makers making it and they're like i think people are super interested in what we do but really when people watch a movie they're just kind of 
okay, yeah, whatever. Like, they're like not like that. Well, I do think that if you ever just watched a theater full of people watching I a movie. I wonder what that's like. Like, yeah. it, it would probably be a little eerie because everyone is just staring yeah. in the same direction. Like, if you don't know what they're looking at, it would be a little weird. I, I think you're right that in real life, we don't emote as much when we're watching yeah. movies and TV. Yeah, they're kind of like bad extras, except they're not extras. Right, right. <laughs> and I think in a real theater, like, people are all staring in one direction and it's a little, like, children of the corny yeah <laughs> but you're not gonna see and except for extreme moments you're not gonna see lots of like yeah expression on the face because you're doing all your processing in your brain yeah that um you maybe you've hit on the the answer is because if you sit and watch the audience you have this idea and these guys they've seen test audiences where they're watching the audience to see what they think so maybe they uh maybe they know what it looks like and we don't Maybe. I don't think so. I don't know. I think your idea of like, <laughs> oh, well, some test audiences look really bored, but people watching my movie are going to oh, be yeah. really excited. They're going to be so excited. So in both movies, it is the kids, and in particular, kids who have like bad reputations. Oh, yeah. Who... The tough kids. Right. Who ultimately save the town. And it's... I thought it was... Funny that in the 1958 one, they gave us an explanation as to why the cop had it out for teenagers. Oh, right? Yeah, like, that's right. he had PTSD and his wife got in a car crash and died or something like that. Yeah, teenagers killed her via car crash. Right. So there was like a reason why this one cop was really out to get these teenagers, right? Yeah. But then by 1988, it's just this idea that, yeah, teenagers suck. We all know it. Everyone hates well, teenagers. And we don't have to have teenager. a reason for it. He was, he was the bad seed that they were on the lookout for. Sure, sure. And he had all the, all the classic markings of yes. a bad kid. Speaking of 1958. <laughs> right? It's 1980. It goes back to that idea that filmmakers – use what was in their childhood to yeah. create these ideas because yeah this bad kid from the 80s he was a bad kid because he rode a motorcycle and he wore a black leather jacket and his hair was a little too long like he totally looked, don't forget that he smoked he did smoke everybody smokes in these movies oh, it was the 80s and the 50s and whatever <laughs> he looked like james dean but james dean yes. isn't from the 80s that's true like, he also kind of looked like Juliette Lewis, I keep thinking. <laughs> but, I mean, that's his own issue, I guess. Or maybe it's my issue. He, I actually, I, several times I was like, this is a very effeminate rebel guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, that was an fine. interesting casting choice. So, but in both movies, it's the teenagers who save the town, ultimately, and who who nobody believes them because they're teenagers. And that felt like a very like core piece to both of these. Yeah. And it kind of made me wonder like, why aren't there a whole bunch of blob movies? Like there's so many different stories you could tell. I understand why the 88 one is a remake of the 58 one. It's the same movie. That was the whole point. But what, what else could be happening when you're, when a blob is attacking a town? Like it's kind of, I don't know. I'd be interested to see a different take on this instead of the teenagers versus the authorities that won't believe in them kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of things you could do. 
in that, like the background and the, you know, the, the, the stories of the humans mm-hmm. in the movie, but there's only so much you can do with the blob. You can make tremors one, two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> Those aren't blobs. <laughs> I mean, Those are worms. They might as well be. I mean, it encompasses you, and you die. Like there's yeah. well, and they had a lot of fun with that in '88. They probably used up all the gags that you can do with. Oh, that. for sure. That the blob was definitely more aggressive. And yeah, it sure was. much more violent in 88. Like in 58, it just kind of absorbed you. It went all around you and then you were gone. And yeah. it, they were like, where did they go? Yeah. And in 88, it was actively dissolving you. And we got yeah, to see Yeah, there was that. a lot of gruesome gore in the 88 version. And the blob, like in the 58 one, it was a mindless blob seeking food like i got that that was like fine but then in the 88 one it was like it had an agenda it really like did jaws the revenge and it was like it, it felt like it had consciousness and it yeah. knew what was going on because it was going after the people who were most dangerous oh, to it in any yes. given moment my favorite part of the whole thing one of my favorites was when a guy came at it with a flamethrower and we're like, okay, now we're going to see that fire doesn't work, so they're going to have to try ice because, spoilers, that's how you beat the blob. <laughs> but instead, the guy goes at it with a flamethrower and it whips out a tentacle and plugs the end of the gun like it's Bugs Bunny. That's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> that was not the only cartoon movie oh, moment no, it either. Wasn't. Because there was also a point where someone was running away from it like down a street and it flopped this big tentacle out that landed right on him and then it picks the tentacle up and he's like flattened on the bottom of the tentacle like he had just been run over by a steamroller in a cartoon yeah that was really good it was we had to rewind that one actually it was well it it very much made me think of watching who framed roger rabbit yeah and that combination of real world and cartoon i'm like this is this is a cartoon moment in a real world scene. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the differences. One of the differences that I noticed was that, well, we've kind of already talked about this, I guess, in that the 88 one, it was one person getting attacked here or there or wherever. Like, Yeah, it was very individual. There was a single person in the diner who would get attacked or there was a single person wherever. And in the 58 one, there was like a much more social aspect to it. Like the the town people were there. So like the blob would show up at the movie theater and eat, you know, try to eat a bunch a of people in the full. theater. Or it would show up at the diner and the diner would be full of people eating. And, you know, it just, there was, there were just more victims. I think the body count was higher. Probably. At least on screen. Well, except maybe at the very the end of the 88 one when it exploded out and went on a rampage for yes. the last bit. Yes, that's true. But, if, you know, like throughout, it would just, it was a much more, again, it's that idea of you can kind of see an image of the, the era that the movie was made in. Like mm-hmm. the 1950s was very, like it was very community. Like the, the community was present in all of these different places. And the blob went to all these places where people gathered yeah and in the 88 one it was oddly empty like there was a whole scene at the beginning where we're like panning through this city and there's nobody in it which was a 
I don't know what they were trying to say there because that they were doing a very specific thing there where they're showing the city and like leaves blowing by and you're uh-huh. like, ooh, a single stray it's cat. abandoned. And then the joke of that was then it cut to a football game. So right. really everybody was at the football game, which is the, a very 50s communal event. But the blob wasn't there because the blob hadn't landed yet. But this was in 1988. Yet. Yeah, which is, it's weird that they, I'm not sure what they were trying to say by doing that. Yeah. It was it was not a very realistic portrayal of what life was like in 1988 <laughs> is, I guess, what, what I took away from that. I'm like, that's, again, yeah. it's that ideal of this is what it was like during the better days. You know, <laughs> when everyone would go to the high school football team from the whole community. Yep. Which even then probably never happened. Probably not. So another difference, we've hinted at this, is where the blob came from. In the 58 one. Yeah, they see it in the sky. Right. There's the teenagers on lookout point or makeout hill or whatever it's called. (laughs) Like they watch it and then they go look for it and it's already eaten the old guy before they get there. Yeah. And in the 88 one, everyone's at the football game and just the old guy sees it come down. Yeah. They were all at the football game. And then we go to the scene with the old guy smashing cans with his frying pan shoe yes let's be clear that in the credits he was credited as can man can man which i will come back to yeah so he's the only one who sees it come down and then he goes and in both cases the old guy pokes it with a stick (laughs) yeah and that's what sets everything off right so i feel like the takeaway lesson for this movie is if you find a rock from space cracked open with like strawberry goo inside Don't poke it with a stick. Well, okay, here's an interesting biological element to that is in both movies, it wasn't strawberry goo in the meteor. It was white goo. It started out white. And then that got me thinking, is it like just getting filled with blood over the course of the movie? What's happening? Yeah, I had that thought too. I think you're right. Although before he found the white goo, it was because I made a note when the 1950s, 58 one cracked open it was like it was like strawberry jelly like it looked gooey and when the 88 one cracked open i was like oh that looks more like a strawberry beverage like it was it was like a strawberry soda like all bubbly and whatnot but then he poked it and there was white 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 jelly inside yeah it's pretty gross wait so we got distracted from what we were saying so it comes from space in 58. Oh, right. And it comes from space in 88. But. But. Dun, dun, dun. Surprise twist. We put it there. We being evil, evil scientists. Yeah, government scientists. Yes. Who were, I think they said that the whole point was to put it up there and see how space mutates it. Yes. And then they didn't realize it was going to mutate it into a monster. I think they just wanted a better virus. I guess. Which, like, what? Why? <laughs> Why are we intentionally creating? Well, because for the military, it was yes. they wanted a a yeah they wanted a they wanted COVID. virus they could use to kill people. Um, and they got it, but yeah. they all got dead. Yeah, they got real dead. There was a lot of solid vindication in this in the nineteen eighty eight version of this movie, like. Yeah. Like, all the people who acted badly. (laughs) Yes, the blob was out to get them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it also got the people who acted heroically, but definitely anybody where you're like, ew, that guy's gross. Like, the guy who was, who had 
got his girlfriend all drugged up or drunk right. or whatever, and then was uh, like, "That was a good scene." Taking her clothes off, and yeah, that was awesome. He basically roofied her and got got for it. Yes. Oh, the perfect solution to grabby men is to keep a blob in your bra. <laughs> yeah, true. Although you know what we're kind of ignoring there is little problematic in that she died first. She was very dead. She was yes. really killed and yeah. she didn't deserve that. No, that did not. That was not good. So anyway, it is this space germ, but it's a space germ that we created and that then, you know, gets loose and is eating everybody. Yeah. And of course the scientists are all, you know, trying to keep it a secret and they're lying to the townspeople about it and it very much made me realize, like like you said, the things that they are concerned about. Like, even back in the 80s, they were already like, ooh, we can't trust science. Science is evil. Yeah. Science lies to us. definitely were. And Speaking of here COVID, we are. there's a great line in the 1958 version where they said, how do you get people to protect themselves from something they don't believe in? Yup. That really hit home, I yep. have to say. I wrote that 2021. down too. Yep. I was like, that's a good question, Stevie. <laughs> it's it's almost as good of a question as when the housekeeper lady said, Can I just dust around the fingerprints? <laughs> <laughs> to the cop. <laughs> The 1958 one was definitely more humorous. Yeah. That one was meant to be funny in ways that, was that they did not try to do in 88. I don't, I, I mean, I think that in 58, first of all, you couldn't get away with being as horrific as they were in 88. Yeah. And second of all, like, that just wasn't what they wanted. They wanted something a little bit lighter. And in 88, they were definitely going for dark and... Yeah, they were doing violent that thing. and well. Scary. The monster was definitely inspired by the thing, which was a few years earlier. And they were like, "Yeah, we want tentacle grossness flinging out at people." Yeah, personally, I do not think it was anywhere near as good as the thing. No, no, it wasn't. It was gross though. But what's interesting is in the 1958 version, there was a part I put a note towards the beginning of the movie where I'm like, I'm actually kind of horrified by what's happening like there's some body horror business going on with it you know like getting up the guy's hand and stuff that kind of got to me and didn't get me at all in the 88 where i was like this is upsetting me in the 1958 version even though everything's real cheesy it was still body horror hmm. but 88 did not even though it was absolutely <laughs> gruesomely gory well, it was so in your face yeah like it was so like they it was pull on back your the... face <laughs> exactly they pull back the blanket after the old guy dies and like oh yeah he's dissolved from the rib cage down like yeah. he's just gone or uh when it gets paul who i totally thought was going to be the hero of the movie uh, and he gets eaten so early yeah. on that was amazing that was a great little plot twist um but when it gets paul and Meg is, like, trying to pull him out of the blob, <laughs> yes. and she ends up just pulling his arm off because it <laughs> dissolves it to the point where it breaks. Like, yeah. it was so in your face that it almost, like, it reached that point where I was like, oh, this is make-believe. Yeah. And then it didn't bother me. Whereas the other one was a little more reserved. and Definitely more reserved, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I can see how that would, that allows you to imagine things more, and I think that's always scarier. Yeah, I think so. So the 58 one had the, how do you get people to 
protect themselves from something they don't believe in. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to talk about solely taking horror movies and making them way too serious, it had that. You can do that. It had the very last line. Like, they take it, they realize it, cold stops it, they take it up to the Arctic and leave it there, and they're, the very last line is, like, we're going to be safe as long as the Arctic stays cold. <laughs> well, my thought is that what they were saying there was, of course it will, so no big deal. Do you think? But, I don't Maybe, know. Maybe, I don't Maybe know. Maybe they understood what, was it, what they were in for. And then, this was just my own humor adding to the fun of the movie, but <laughs> the firefighters. So when I think of a firefighter's uniform, I think of like oh, that like yes, yellow yes. canvas sort of material with like or something red. glowy tape red. or sure, red. The firefighters in the <laughs> 1950s, in both movies actually, were wearing white. Oh, I didn't even notice it in 88. Yes, they were wearing white uniforms, which was like weird and jarring yeah. To me anyway. But the main firefighter, like the captain or whoever he was, had his white uniform on and then his like white firefighter hat, which is surprisingly triangular in shape. <laughs> yes. And like I could not stop seeing the KKK firefighters. <laughs> yeah. It's that's what that was for sure. Which, yeah, I mean, was not at all what was going on in the movie, but added this like bizarro world layer to what I was seeing. <laughs> yeah. And then because I had already had that thought in the 58 one, then watching the 88 one, when the firefighters were wearing white again, I was like, oh, the KKK is still around. <laughs> well, yeah, true. That was oh. that was something. And it was kind of a 50s town too, with the cop rolling up in his, it was a really old car, the cop car, and rolling up and being like, hey, boy, don't be bad around right. here. I see you hiding in the shadows, smoking those cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. A 50s thing that I was noticing was, if we want to take it seriously, there's this whole element in the movie where, you know, people are freaking out because there's a blob eating people. And the response they get from other people isn't, oh, let's find this person who's missing. Let's solve this problem. It's, hey, stop being upset. We don't like you to be upset. (laughs) And that was their big issue was don't be upset rather than Uh don't have a problem. It was really like... Keep everything in. Be repressed. We and don't want this. And it wasn't just from one person. It was like in all yeah. the situations. Yeah. Like even when even when Jane and Steve were in the the cooler. Yeah. And they were safe from it, but they thought they were going to die. And, and they're like listening to the dog get eaten by the blob Aww. out there. And Jane is getting upset because she's so sad that this dog, like she has had zero reaction to all the humans that they think have died. But the idea that this dog is getting eaten on the other side of the cooler door is very upsetting to her. And Steve just like takes her head and shoves it into his (laughs) shoulder, like shoves her face first into his shoulder and is like, stop being sad. Yeah, it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get rid of your emotions. I'm just trying to push them out. Cover them up and make yes. them not something I have to I mean, see. He literally says, stop crying, Jane, and like tries yeah. to suffocate her in his shirt. <laughs> That'll make her stop. <laughs> now, okay, let's think about the 88 one then. I think the emotions were there. People just weren't believing. Like they just yeah. didn't believe. It wasn't as much as in the 58 one, which was kind of ridiculous in how people weren't being believed but it was yeah they are like that's not really happening but in the 88 one they found a guy who had been melted in half so they were on the lookout for something serious they just didn't believe it was a blob yeah 
But in both cases, there was a girl, you know, there was like a main guy and a main woman who were part of this, you know, trying to get the town aware and trying to save everybody and whatnot. And in both cases, the women had moments of defiance or like strength where I was like, yes, okay. Like right at the very beginning when Steve, I think, was, you know, trying to make out with Jane and Jane was like (laughs) not having it. I was like, go girl, you know? And then there were definitely times in the 88 one where it was supposed to be more like, oh, look at this girl power where she was fighting off the blob by herself several times. Yeah, she was protecting the kids. But as a whole, both movies failed to have any kind of like actual power or autonomy with their female characters. Like they both were girls who needed to be protected by the men in their lives, either their boyfriends or their dads or the police, you know, the sheriff or whoever. Well, and you get those interesting bits. This happens a lot. I think it's, but it's kind of subtle. Like she was down in the sewer, saving the kids from the blob. Well, saving one of the kids from the blob. Her little brother. Feeding the other one to the blob. (laughs) Not her little brother. (laughs) And she, then is running away from the blob and starts crawling out of the sewer. And you're like, okay, she's succeeded. She's done all this. And then they just had to throw in for no reason. Like it was hard to climb up the slopey bit out of the sewer. And Randall Flagg shows up, her buddy. and <laughs> Brian Flagg is his name in this sure movie. Sure it is. That's what he wants uh-huh. you to think. And he grabs her and pulls her out, which was fine. It was necessary to get her out. But it makes it like he's the hero when really right. he did basically nothing. Or even later, she, he shows up on his motorcycle. Gotta be on a motorcycle. In the sewer. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, they didn't explain that, I don't feel like. No. 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 Um, but, you know, yeah, he shows up. She's she's on the verge of saving herself. And he's like, I'm here. And then, <laughs> you know, makes everything more complicated. Yeah. So it just, like, it felt like they, they they were trying to say something about feminism, but it was that idea of someone who doesn't understand feminism trying to explain or, or yeah. put forward feminism so that you're looking at it and you're like, Ugh, nope, that's not it. Yeah. I know some of the many, many, many listeners listening to this oh my gosh, all are of thinking, them. but solely, it was different in the 80s. This was good. The feminism in this movie was good for for the the 80s. Or the feminism in this movie was good for the 50s. And here's the thing. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Wow. It wasn't. Okay. Okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with that idea. I'm done with the idea that like, Oh, but it, it's homophobic, but but it was still pretty forward-thinking for the 80s. It's racist, but it's forward-thinking <laughs> for the 80s. No, I'm done with that argument. That is an argument used to excuse continued sexism, racism, homophobia, etc., xenophobia. Yeah. It's over. It's no longer allowed. Okay, we'll stop. Okay. Okay, so I feel like we need to wrap this up. There are a few little random things I really want to mention. Okay. One of them is that at some point... One of the characters in the 1988 one, oh, it's Flag, swings a hook, busts a jar of strawberry jam, and yeah. says, I killed the strawberry jam. I <laughs> don't know, but I am 1,000% going to believe that that was referencing the 1958 movie. Yes, like, that was their little I moment agree. of, like, love to the previous movie. Yeah, which is funny because 
I was thinking that when we were watching it, they didn't have like characters with the same name or anything. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the kind of thing you do to create that connection. And they didn't. They just mm-hmm. made the little strawberry jam comment. Yeah, which I thought was cute. I liked that. And it was it was one of the few moments of kind of comedic relief in that yeah. 88 movie. Speaking of character names, that's another thing. Yes. Flag. We have Flag, who's the walking dude in his jacket, jacket and everything. Yep. Totally. And the can man. Who's um, very similar to the trash can man. And it's about a man-made virus that's uh-huh. killing everybody off. I, I would say it's definitely not an homage, really, but just that the director was like, ooh, let's call this guy Flag, because... I like this. Sure. And it was enough that we were like, okay, there. what's going on here? What's the timing? And The Stand was published 10 years before this movie came out. So it is very likely, in fact, yeah. that the people involved in naming these characters had read that book. Here's a quick hmm. little distinction between the 58 and 88. 1958, they find the old guy who's in bad shape. They bring him to the doctor and the doctor's like, come on in, let's fix him up. In 88, mm. they bring him to the hospital and they are abused by the nurse in charge who doesn't care. The system wants his insurance and right. he just the most callous, awful treatment. He's like screaming in the room where they put him. <laughs> and the doctor is having this like consultation. completely non-emergency consultation with somebody else in a room nearby where you can definitely hear the screaming <laughs> and has zero reaction. Yeah. In fact, when Flag is like, there's somebody dying over there, he's like, I'm with another patient. <laughs> yep. And so that's how bad healthcare was in America in 88. It's a lot worse now. Yeah. I don't remember exactly why when the scientist guys showed up with their full body contamination suits mm-hmm. and they pointed the guns at the teenagers. But I was like, oh, this reminds me of E.T., which was yeah, for me like as a child, one of the scariest movies I saw. Like, I, that's the first movie I remember seeing that terrified me. In fact, I didn't finish watching it. Ooh. Like, I, I was young enough that I got scared enough that my dad had to take me out of the This theater. is why you're not into Reese's Pieces like I am. <laughs> it's probably it. It's too too traumatic. It looked so much like it, though. And with the light from the helicopter flying overhead through the woods and all. Yeah. Same deal. Ratings. It's hard to do the first ratings of a season because I don't know, like... It's been a while since we've really watched a horror movie, and I've kind of lost my gauge for, like, that sort of thing. I'm going to give the 1958 version three frying pans out of five. Okay. I was entertained by it. Perhaps it's because it was from 1958, and it's from far enough back that I I have a little more romanticized version. Like, mm-hmm. I've only ever known the romanticized idea of the 50s. So it was a little more acceptable to me, but I liked that it was funny. It's definitely a rating I'm giving it in terms of cheese factor. Like it was not a good movie. It was not good to the level of a three out of five, but it was cheesy good to three out of five. Yeah, I had some fun. I'm going to give the 1988 version two wads of watermelon bubble yum out of five. I don't think I enjoyed that movie. Hmm. I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. And I think, again, like, 
I know the eighties better than I know the fifties. So like I was able to look at it and be like, yeah, no, it's bad. (laughs) Like you're trying to pretend things were different than they were. And maybe just because I grew up in the eighties too, like it's not, I don't know. There were no blobs. We know that. No, it's not that. It's like, I guess I don't understand that need that people have to romanticize the time they grew up and be like, it was better then. It it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. The 80s weren't it good. It just wasn't. The 80s were a bad, Except for the uncomfortable music. time. And I don't feel like they had great music in this movie. You, oh, no, not in this movie. No. I thought you were going to criticize the 80s and I had to come out. <laughs> but I'm okay now. You you were going to come out swinging too. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to get into that argument with you right now. But this movie didn't have like great 80s music in it it was just was bad it was like it's like looking back at like 80s yearbooks and looking at the awkward sweaters and the bizarre hairdos <laughs> and the like it wacky, definitely like, had all that like glittery purple eye makeup and i'm just like why like america was going through this weird awkward teen phase as a whole at that time yeah, isn't that weird it's very strange okay well funny you should mention music because one full point of the 1958 blob goes directly to its theme song. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. That was, yeah, that was something special. That was a song. That yeah. was that was better than anything from the 80s, and I love the 80s. It's like, like the Munsters. <laughs> it really was just like that. However, not... A huge fan of this 58 movie. It was so... I think what what really put me off the whole movie was how insane it was that the adults not believing it thing was just so messed up. Like, it's not that they should have believed it. It's that the kids shouldn't have believed it either. Because, <laughs> like, two of them had seen it and everybody else was like, yeah, let's go warn everybody about it instead of, yeah, let's go find it. Well, they it was were... weird. They were... The teenagers. Yes, the teens. They the, were a the collective car group. racing t- teens. Yeah. So it, I don't know. the The whole plot was real simplified and weird, and it, it didn't work for me. So I'm going to flip the script on that and give it two frying pans out of five. Okay. And subsequently, three wads of watermelon bubble yum out of five for the '88 version. Which I mean, they did some clever things with their blob. That were gross, and that's fun. And the plot worked a lot better. Like a lot of the things kind of made sense. Where my note on it was that the the way the adults don't believe in this movie is a thousand times better than in the first movie. Like mm-hmm. this this series of events makes sense to me, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of worked out. It was not a great movie by any means, but and I'm, I'm calling that one the superior option. So it's interesting. I mean, clearly, I haven't been doing these ratings for a while. So usually by the time we get like halfway through, I have like an idea of why I'm giving things the scores that I'm giving them. At the beginning, I just have to go with this like gut feeling, right? Yeah. But as you're describing it, I'm like, oh yeah, the CGI was, it was 80 CGI, but it was, it wasn't terrible. No, it was pretty Um, good. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. There were, it was odd choices, but it was (laughs) well done within those odd choices. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably the acting was a little bit better and there Oh, Steve McQueen 
famous, famous name, I thought he was going to be a good actor. <laughs> I did too. I was so misled. <laughs> He's not even that good looking. I'm like, why is this guy so famous? Maybe it must have been from something after the blob. Maybe. Uh, like how uh, Sam Elliott was not known for his work in The Frogs. <laughs> no, like when I think about it objectively, like the different pieces, I do think the 88 movie is better in each of the categories. But as a whole, like still my gut yeah. is I enjoyed watching the 58 one better than the 88 one. Yeah, I can understand. And And I think that that comes down to... They were both very mediocre movies. I think so. And I just like the 50s aesthetic better than the 80s aesthetic. All right. Well, we've blobbed this one up. Okay. So we'll be back tomorrow. And what has Spreadsheet said we have to watch? We're going to be watching the 2011 film Detention, which is apparently horror comedy. So that could be fun. Yes. All right. Well... We'll see everybody back here for that discussion manana. Adios. Is one of those classic. <laughs> now there's two cats. It's trouble. terrifying. Like she just like clawed her way up the back of the chair behind me with as like more claws than a cat can possibly have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's it's messing like, with us. It's like on a boat and having a shark attacking you from random places. Yeah. It's a little less scary. (laughs) And every time I look at her, her eyes are bigger and bigger. (laughs)